Everything My Sister Said podcast, and I'm your host, Uche Amuneke. You might know me from my YouTube channel, where I share useful tips and advice to help Christians deepen their faith and get closer to God. But on this podcast, I discuss the questions, perspectives, and concerns of you and of my other brothers and sisters in Christ, issues that most singles and young adults face, but are rarely or never discussed in church. And if you need help biblically navigating a life issue, follow me on any of my social media platforms to get connected. And be sure to rate and review this podcast if you enjoy it. All right, let's get started with today's episode. Hey y'all, it's Uche, and welcome back to the podcast. I am glad you guys are here because today is the final episode in um, in the singleness series, and I'm super excited about it because I'm going to explain to you guys exactly what it looked like and what it meant to be content with God in this season of singleness. And just honestly, in a nutshell, I can um, sum this up into one statement, and that is... I stopped being passive. I stopped being passive in my faith. I stopped being passive in my relationships. And I stopped being passive just in general with my dating life. And and here's what that looked like. Okay. So first, the, the first things first, the most important part is that I stopped being passive uh, with my faith. When I began to understand that I was in the midst of a trial and that sin had a, a role to play, my sin, the world's sin, I began, my, I began to start praying differently. First thing I realized is that, man, I, why am I praying that I get used to this suffering? Like, how am I praying this as a believer of God and God's goodness? It was such a mind shift. I just, my prayers started being more genuine. They just started making sense. I stopped feeling guilty about praying to God for marriage. I stopped praying that God ex- help me accept singleness. Like, I don't want to accept it. I started praying for my husband. I started praying for my friends that who were one and married. I started praying for those things unapologetically, but also praying that God would do his work in me during this time, praying that God would sanctify me, sanctify my relationships. And I started trusting God in that because he started working on my life to where my happiness, my sadness was not tied to my relationship status. And I told him, I don't want to be good at being single. And this is not all about trying to be better at being married. It's not. My thing was that having either one of those things would not affect my relationship with him. And then just the, honestly, the most important part of that process was I started understanding that God is faithful. I started having a bigger picture and a better picture of how big God is and the work that he can actually do. And this kind of flows into my second point of how understanding that singleness was not a gift made me stop being passive in my dating life. I finally, (laughs) I don't know what took me so long to convince myself and understand that God can be faithful in everything, in every situation, which means that God can be faithful in online dating. God can be faithful in singles mixers and with uh, speed dating. God can be faithful. And I started asking God for the one thing he says he gives generously above all else I started asking him for wisdom. James 1 verse 5 through 6 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. 
that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Dang, it's a little harsh. <laughs> also, this is one of my favorite verses. <laughs> it's a long one though. James 2 verses 14 through 26. What is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it with your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or a sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye and have a good day, stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? You see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and it is useless. Now, some may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith for you believe that there's one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? In other words, it says faith without works is useless. Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham has shown, was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. And that's to anyone who believes that just sitting there and sitting by yourself and sitting and waiting is proving your faithfulness to God. This completely, it just defeats the entire message. And it also, if you listen to my first podcast about the story with the woman who interviewed me for that position at my church, just, you know, me online dating, she questioned my entire, my entire future with marriage or she questioned that. And just because I wasn't being lazy, I'm not going to sit around waiting at a church, waiting to be asked out. That's not faithfulness. And I want to encourage every single one of you that's listening. If God can be faithful in online dating. God can be faithful in speed dating. But there's a reason why I read the verses before talking about wisdom, because there is a wise way to do it. That's just, that's just what it is. Only problem is I learned it the hard way because I was dating unwisely, lowering my standards, but there is a wise way to do it. I became less passive about equipping myself on how to date biblically, on how to date well online to protect myself, to make sure that in the process of dating, I was weeding out and sifting through the non-believers and the nice guys that just didn't believe in God or the culturally Christian people who were not biblically we're not biblically plugged in, plugged into a church or plugged into community, did not, um, we're not completely submitted to God's word. And that does weed out a whole bunch of men, but I don't want those men to be my husband. You have to, to sift as many of those as there probably are in your church or in your school, if you're in college or at your workplace, you just have to sift through them. Um, but luckily, the Bible says you'll know them by their fruit. When you can actually see how, how much their faith is by how they behave and what actions they take. And so it's something to take into dating and not disregard it because you're not dating a certain way. But take, take God's word into consideration, not just people's opinions, because mostly they're just coming from an ignorance, honestly, which is so annoying. But it's just real life, right? 
And so I started walking through that process too. And then praying for wisdom about how, how to not make dating an idol, not always being constantly on my phone swiping or not constantly talking about relationships or obsessing about that. And he's been really faithful in that, which has been friggin' awesome. And that actually brings me to my next point. What being content with God in the season of singleness looked like was I sought being passive in my relationships, so which meant I sought advice. And um, God used my friends to sanctify me. In this way, I also, I stopped idolizing marriage. Honestly, overall, I just started to take ownership of my shortcomings and started trying to work through them. And my goal in doing this was not, oh, I want to be perfect when I get married. Like legit, we're never going to be perfect when we get married or if you get married. We're just not. That's just not going to happen. But I think awareness is super important because when you know what you're struggling with, you know that, oh, you might be the problem. And I love knowing that I could totally be the problem. Just a couple of days ago, my friend said, hey, this is something that kind of makes me uneasy and makes me uncomfortable. I actively asked my friends in my CG, hey, like what things do I do that kind of damage or compromise our relationship? Where have all I fallen short in our relationship? Things that I don't even know that hurt you. And one thing I found out is that um, one thing I found out is that I tend to be a scotch, a smidge unforgiving. I'm just kidding. I tend to hold a grudge. I tend to have an expectation in my mind about a friend or a friendship. And what's super unhealthy is that I don't voice that expectation out loud. Yet, when someone doesn't meet that expectation for me, I get so upset and I just shut them out and I don't treat them well. And it's like they've hurt me. They have no idea that they've hurt me and I won't tell them that they've hurt me. So it's just the cycle of unforgiveness that that is that starts with me, which is really unfortunate. And so my CG, the girls in my CG were like, yeah, you're gonna have to let us know when something's wrong because we cannot read minds. I'm just like, you can't, you know, but, um, but yeah, so that's super, that's been super helpful having those types of conversation with my friends and just kind of inviting, inviting admonishment, inviting rebuke, inviting, you know, a, just a critical look at my sin. You know, God asks us to examine ourselves, examine our hearts, and it's, but it's really helpful when someone we love will examine us too. You know, iron sharpens iron, right? And then God's word says, you know, the enemy will multiply kisses, but faithful are the wounds of a friend. But I know my friends love me. So what they're going to say is going to help me in my relationships and help me practice honesty, practice good communication. And that actually brings me to my next point is that I started asking my married friends instead of feeling resentful that our relationship has changed, instead of feeling, you know, sad that things are not the way they used to be or that they've abandoned me or, you know, just being jealous of them having that. I started asking them, hey, what do you see in your marriage now that you didn't know when you were single? What, um, what do you see as a good thing that you've learned in community that you're so glad you took that into your marriage? And, and they would also ask me really good questions too. One of my girlfriends, oh, and she asked me, what do you think will change when you get married? Like, honestly, what do you think will change when you get married? And what do you think will stay the same? She said not to discount marriage and how awesome it is. She loves her marriage. She's like, but I honestly overestimated what I thought was going to change and how practical marriage was when I was single. 
she said a lot of people think that it's going to change them or change the person and it doesn't it just you just take whatever you were at when you're single now you have to you know deal with it constantly because you're with another person and that was a really good question for me because i'm like oh my gosh what do i think will change what magically will you know besides like being able to have sex in the institution of marriage and besides being able to have a partnership you know forever um what do i think will change and my favorite questions, of course, the most interesting questions are like, what issues have you seen in marriage? Like, what do you wish someone told you? What you didn't realize was going to be such an issue? She would say, like, I didn't realize how big the small things were. She said, I didn't realize that how important it is to communicate well, communicate clearly, communicate constantly, forgive constantly. She said, it's just a cycle of forgiveness, a cycle of forgiveness. And so she said, it's really good to learn how to do that well. And forgiveness means like, not like, oh, nothing counts, but like actively identifying it and knowing what you're forgiving and, you know, working through issues constantly. A lot of my married friends, like what I took away from those conversations, what I took away from those people who were in relationships or are in relationships is that you don't just want somebody. If you're a believer, if you, if you're a believer, if you're surrendered to Christ and God's word, you really don't just want anybody anybody won't do. You want the right person because I believe that God does want marriage for anyone who does not have the gift of celibacy. But he wants a God-centered, Christ-centered, love-centered, gospel-centered, truth-centered marriage for you. And the only way you can get that is if you are in a relationship or if you choose someone who is also surrendered to God's word. Because you know, that attraction, whatever those feelings, they're going to wear off and their foundation's going to show really quickly. I mean, just like what they believe in, because what they believe is really going to impact how they behave. It's everything. It for real, for real is. And I loved this information. It was so helpful because all of this, it didn't make me like hate marriage or anything or be scared of that commitment. For me, I like the truth. If you guys have listened to any of my podcasts, I just like the truth. That's it. Um, I want to know what I'm walking into before I walk into it. I want a realistic view of what I'm walking into. And that asking questions to your married friends, or people, your couples and relationships, even people who are single about what they're struggling with and the reality of how they're dealing with it, it just helps us connect on a deeper level. It helped me stop idolizing marriage and just start understanding that it is going to be hard work that it can totally be a blessing too, as can singleness, but it's still hard work. Just as people have issues with singleness, all marriages suffer, marriages struggle too, and have hard times too. But just having that realization that we're all dealing with different things, but we need to stop painting a rosy picture of different circumstances. And I think as we do, we'll just have a deeper understanding about how, how similar we all are and how we can be there for each other. I'm not super like Hallmark card, I know, but whatever. Okay. And so I'll be coming back with another episode soon. Please rate and review. It helps my podcast get found by other people who might need it. All right. And thank you guys again so much. And I miss y'all so much already. So I'll talk to y'all later. Bye.